Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a girlfriend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. From Slate, in collaboration with Ford, comes the new podcast, Life on the Fast Track. Cheer on three Girl Scouts as they design, build, and race wooden cars in the Ford Girls Fast Track Races. We'll meet their families, use power tools, and hear what happens when girls are empowered to put STEAM principles to the test. Download and subscribe to Life on the Fast Track wherever you get your podcast. Guys, you are listening to episode number 183, and my guest is Andy Andrew, who I now officially adore and love, you should know. Andy and her husband pastor Liberty Church in New York City together, and they raised four super cute kids. In fact, one of her kids joined her on her trip to Texas and was actually in the studio with us while we were recording. She was super sweet. Andy recently released her book, She is Free. And let me tell you guys, Andy and I are screaming the same message to you guys. Freedom's better than bondage. Vulnerability matters. Authenticity matters. Believing who God says about you is more important than others' opinions And obviously more important than the lies that we continue to tell ourselves and believe about ourselves. I hope also during this show that as we talk about some lies that we were believing and talk about the truths that should replace those, I hope that God points things out in your own life that need replacing with the truth. You guys, I loved this conversation with my new friend, Andy, and I know you're going to as well. If you guys follow me on Instagram, you have seen me wear my favorite happy hour sweatshirt nonstop lately. I basically, I put it on when I get done with work and I wear it until bed. And then I put it right back on when I wake up. It's just too cozy not to do that. Well, they are finally up in the store and they are ready for you to get yourself one. Head on over to jamieivy.com slash store to see everything we have available over there right now. With these new sweatshirts coming in, we put a bunch of stuff on sale. So you're going to get some good stuff over there. And I promise you the sweatshirt is the softest, coziest sweatshirt you will ever own. Also, if you're not following me on Instagram, today's a great day to start that. Find me at at Jamie Ivy. Also, while you're there, look up Andy Andrew as well. It's at Andy Andrew. Okay, friends, here is my conversation with Andy. Hey, Andy, welcome to the happy hour. Hey, I'm so happy to be here. All the way from New York City. All this land. (laughs) Yes, all the way from New York. Um, I love what your daughter said. Tell everyone what your daughter was looking forward to as you were driving out to my house. She was looking forward to seeing houses that were spread apart. Because you live in New York. Because we live live in Brooklyn. We live in Brooklyn. And my four kids, I have four kids and they all share one bedroom. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Which is completely normal in Brooklyn, yeah. am I right? Yeah, and and our place is great. Like people would say, "Oh my gosh, like your place is amazing." We have a really good price because we have upstairs and downstairs, and we have a little outdoor space. So when you have an outdoor space, you know it's good. Money. You can have a barbecue in yeah. the back. And so, but all the kids, we have a big room downstairs, and they all share a room down there, and they love it. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, I always heard that kids sharing rooms is really good because if you think about it, once you leave your parents' house, if yeah. you do like the quote unquote typical 
journey in life, you yeah. know, whatever that might yeah. mean. <laughs> but you head off to college. Yep. And usually you share a room you with have someone. A roommate. Yeah. And then if you graduate and you don't make a lot of money, you're going to get a roommate. <laughs> <laughs> and then when you get married, guess what? <laughs> you have a roommate. I think that's the biggest shock of getting married. You're like, wait, you're, you're here, here all, the, all time? the time. Like, Get out of my space. I know. So they, we gave our daughter her own room and it was a couple of months and she's like, I, I would like to go back downstairs. So they're all back in a room again. I love it. Yeah. I say, keep that as long as you can. Oh yeah. We, we just made the transition for my 14 year old because he was sharing a room. Yeah. And it's been good for everybody yeah. involved for lots of different reasons. But yeah. we did, my three boys were in a room together for yeah. years and I loved it because it was like the boys had their space and then we had to play. It was yeah. just, it was perfect. Well, no, I love it too. And ever, all, especially in our small space, all the toys, everything is in one room. Yes. Praise so God. that makes me very happy. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So New York City, I told yeah. you this already that Aaron and I honeymooned in yes. New York City. And mm -hmm. so it has a really special dear spot in my yeah. heart. Yeah. And now you have to come and hang out with me. I would now that absolutely I know. love that. Yep. We love getting back. We were actually there the summer of 2001. Are you kidding me? Uh huh. So right before right everything before took place, you're mm -hmm. kidding. We were there in June. Wow. And so, oh my gosh, were you living there? No. Okay. So at that time, I was living in Sydney, Australia, and I got married. Which, the every following time you year. say Australia, yeah. you say it like an Australia, like the Australians do. So you yeah. just did it again, yeah? Because I laugh now because Americans say Australia, Australia, or Australia, and I'm like, no, they well, they say Australia, Australia, like it's all because everything is shortened there, Australia, yeah. So um, I was living there and I got married the following year to my husband who's from there. But I remember I was sleeping. It was the middle of the night and uh, my roommate, funnily uh -huh. enough, yeah. <laughs> came and woke me up. And um, it was just surreal. So that's crazy that you were there yeah. right before it all happened. Yeah, right before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I remember it's like mm -hmm. one of those things that my dad always says he remembers where he was when JFK was shot. It, that's we one will of those. say, I remember yeah. where I was 9-11. I was driving the world to college. Changed. Mm -hmm. Never the same. I was on my way to yeah. probably an 8 a.m. class Gosh. here in Texas. Yeah. So crazy. I know, so crazy. Yeah. So what took you to... What took us? No, I'm just gonna practice. Yeah. What took you to Australia? <laughs> yeah, that was good. Well, basically, after I got saved at 19, like crazy saved, um, just fell in love with Jesus and was talking to someone. I actually dropped out of college, which I never recommend to anyone. But um, I just remember the day that I gave my life to Jesus. I said, all I want to do is, is build your church. And I actually had no idea what I was saying because I had no context for that. And it took me on this journey where I had heard, you know, the song shout to the Lord. Yes. So that song was playing at my church and I was like, gosh, this is beautiful. How cool would it be if this church had a Bible college and someone in the room goes, well, they do. And so I looked it up. I, I probably Yahooed it or yeah, MSN, exactly. you know, yep, way back uh -huh. then. And I was like, well, why wouldn't I just save some money and go there? So basically that's what took me there. And I went into, I went in 2001 yeah. and then lived there from 2001 until 2010. Yeah. So you went and stayed. Yeah. Yes. To my mother's dismay. Yeah. Because um, you met a boy. Yeah. I met a boy. And what's funny about that even is I wasn't looking and he wasn't like the type of guy uh -huh. that I thought I would be with, but he, I mean, that's a whole long story, but uh, ended up marrying him a year later. I mean, 
A year after you got there? Yeah. So moved there in 2001. It was about a year and a so, half. So, hey, mom and dad, I'm moving to Australia. Yeah. A few months later, I'm getting married. Yeah. Yeah. So, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we moved there and then I had a six month period and then we started dating. Okay. And we broke up and then I was like, I'm crazy. It took him, you know, all of the stories. We all have the stories. Have yes. the story. I was like, no, it's wrong. Oh my gosh, I can't live without <laughs> right. you. So, um, and then we decided it was about, about nine months later or so. And we were married because he, he's five years older than me. He didn't really date. And so when he pursued me, if you will, it was for marriage. He, he was like, um, we're not going to mess around. And you know what? Because of my past, I was like, well, if I'm going to date someone, I don't want to mess around either. I don't want to be like, Hey, let's try this out. I had had my heart broken way too many times. Yeah. So, yeah. So, and then we ended up deciding Australia was home. Yeah. And so I had our first three kids there. Wow. Yeah. So they're dual citizens. And then our youngest was born in Brooklyn and he's only American. <laughs> he's like, I got the short end of the <laughs> yeah. stick. That's for yeah. sure. Well, he right now, and he doesn't know yet. Um, So hopefully we can get his paperwork done. And he can be dual as well. Can but, you just do that? Because his dad, yeah, his okay. dad can do it. Yeah. We just kind of haven't because New York is home. Yeah. So I think, you know, in the future, our kids could live in either country and uh, except Sam. Except for <laughs> Sorry, Sam. Sam. Sorry. I love you. Okay. So give us how yeah. you got from um, well, I know how you got yeah. to Australia, but how did you guys get to New York City? Yeah, I know that. Okay, this will sound like a crazy story. So when I had my first son, he was six months old. And um, I often have dreams, uh, you know, in, of a prophetic nature. I know that's not the normal way that ever God speaks to everyone. But I have since I was little remembered that I had dreams and then things would come to pass. And sometimes it's just too much pizza. So I'm very right. aware that they're not all uh -huh. that way. So when our eldest was six months old, I had a dream that we were in New York City on a subway and I had three kids that looked like stair steps. And we were on a subway on the way home from a church that we had planted. And I woke up and told my husband, I said, hey, I think I think we're going to plant a church in New York one day, which is insane. Were y'all going to plant a church? Was that even no, on the horizon? We, we never, we had no desire okay. to plant a church. Okay. So, so it wasn't even like we've been talking about planting no, a church and you're like, I think it's no. New York City. Okay. We were on a great team. We were, you know, serving and happy and like planting a church uh, was not on the radar. So long story short, uh, fast forward three years, three kids under the age of three that are stair That's steps. A stair set for you. And um, my husband is building his own business. I come off staff because my kids are, so, I was like, I literally, I have to be with my babies because they're so young, decided to be a stay at home mom in that season. And, um, and then the dream came alive. And so we're like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. I remember I was journaling going, okay, what are we going to do? And reading the book of Acts, like, how do you plant a church? Like, this is how they started. And the Holy Spirit just said to me, hey, um, your church will be called Liberty because you'll bring freedom to the captives. And in that season, I was very captive. So I laughed like Sarah laughed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was like, sure, right. sure, we're going to do that. But I said, don't tell your husband. Fast forward a couple of weeks later and my husband, we're, we decided to take a trip to New York to spy out the land since we had never been there. And think so we're gonna... you'd never been. Was it his first time to the States? Please uh, tell me yes. Well, oh, he had been to Cal, he had been to visit my family okay. on the West Coast. Okay. Yeah. So, which is where I grew up. So he says, I feel like when we go on our trip there, that God's going to speak to me on the Statue of Liberty. And I'm like, okay. And he never talked like that. And he goes, and I think I know the name of our church. And I'm like, what? And he goes, oh, I may be dumb. I'm like, maybe it's not. And he goes, I think it's called Liberty. And I nearly died. I grabbed well, my I journal, right? I grabbed my journal. I open it up and he's like, oh, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And then he bought all the web domains with the word Liberty Church in it. And then when we went, God spoke to him, sure enough, on the Statue of Liberty and like broke his heart. He wept. I mean, embarrassingly wept in front of every tourist as he just saw like the hand of God, right? The generations will call you blessed. You know, just understanding our grace would be to put a seed in the ground and probably 
when we're gone, like there would be a multiplication factor that we may not see. And then he said, okay, that's great, God, but maybe give me a financial promise. And God didn't and said, well, no, I'm going to ask you a question. What would you give for a city? And as he wept and said, we'll give everything, we will give absolutely everything for this city. And so went back, talked to our pastors. They blessed us. I mean, it's a longer story for than sure, that. For sure. Sent us. And um, we sold everything, sold everything except for a few things that mattered to us and moved to a tiny apartment and started a church with nine of us around a picnic table in Central Park studying the book of Acts. And that's how we got to New York. <laughs> yeah. Wow. We knew no one, like had no one except a for a picnic table promise. in Central Park. Yeah. Upper West Side. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and now how long ago was that? That was seven years ago. We just had our seventh birthday. Okay. And what's the church look like today? We have seven beautiful communities and about to plant our eighth. And so that's kind of how we've done it is that we have community pastors. New York, as you know, is very community oriented because mm-hmm. it's such a big city. You got to kind of break it down into smaller yeah. areas, mm-hmm. you know, so We have community pastors over each of those, which are just some of the most phenomenal couples and people that are in the Upper West Side, Union Square, downtown Brooklyn, and in in Wall Street. We've got one that's going to be in South Brooklyn and Bay Ridge. We've got a community that they're planting next month. And then we've got a community that um, is in Manzini, Swaziland, which is a local couple that are just like phenomenal. And that's a beautiful story, too, of how that came to Mm be. Um, And then we've also got a church, a community that just planted in San Francisco. That's right in the red light district. I mean, when we planted it, people were showing up at the clubs next door and we're inviting them to church. It's the coolest. And then we've got one in St. Petersburg, Florida. Beautiful. All just these homegrown couples that Mm -hmm. have a heart to plant churches. And we love to release people into that. So it's a lot of fun. So small communities, but beautiful communities that are for their community to reach the people that are in their spheres of influence. Because really, they're the, I mean, we're the 1%, they're the 99% right. that are reaching people in their area. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, next time we come to New York City, we'll have to come visit you guys Please at one of your do. communities. Yeah, we um, love that. And I remember, you live in Brooklyn? Yeah, we live in Brooklyn. Okay, so we walked over the bridge. Uh, yeah. We went to a brewery there. Like, I'm sure there's like, <gasps> there I, is. I can't even tell <laughs> you. Like, like, if Aaron like, was here, one? he would know exactly I where we were. I bet you it was down in the Naval Yards. Were you in the Naval, naval Yards maybe? <laughs> down in Dumbo. Possibly. Yeah. I mean, there's some cool breweries even in down in Red Hook yeah. and in Brooklyn. Yeah. The last time I think Aaron and I were there together, just two of us on a vacation, which yep. I think maybe seven years ago. So, and then, so right when we got there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we were there and then we were there last Christmas. We had, we got oh. stranded there, Oh, which it sounds <laughs> fabulous, but it's not, no. not, it wasn't, we had been in Spain for a couple, a week yeah, and then we couldn't get out of New York city. I mean, and I never experienced getting stuck in a city where she said we can get you home in three days. That that's not the dream. I was, and um, what? You're going this three wasn't days? The D- three days. So I had two of my kids and oh, two of them were here. And oh. so I was just like, I, And that's hard too, because the other kids that yes. aren't there, you're like, I'm sorry. Otherwise, if everyone was there, you're like, fine, we'll go fine, out we'll and play. Cool. So we did. And it's funny because Aaron was finishing writing a book. And so he, it was due literally like oh, man. three days. And so we got stuck there. And so he would write in the mornings and two of my kids, we just kind of went out and I was so proud of myself, Andy. <laughs> literally, I wanted a, a reward every day because when yep. I traveled, and Aaron's with me. I do nothing because I don't have he's a the organizer. Yeah, I don't do anything. No, I'm the same. Like I like. It's like 
I just he I go on autopilot. I turn into like a 1950s wife, <laughs> yes, <laughs> and he's totally. like, "What do you want to eat?" I'm like, "Whatever you I want, don't know, hey, whatever." I don't care. Literally, I'm not bringing my purse because you have the credit card. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and so I felt like just mom of the year, woman of the year. And like you're just walking the streets of New York. You're yes. on the subway. You're calling getting, cabs. Well, okay, no, I Ubered. Ubered. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, but how good we're is not Uber? getting on the subway? But I did Uber. <laughs> but we went to museums all by ourselves. We went to the 9/11 museum, which I've never been to. Oh my gosh, how were your kids going? You know, they were good. We it was the day we were leaving. And so we had yeah. like two hours and I tell everyone, you can spend like seven hours in uh, there. Yeah. I mean, it is intense. Yeah, it is. Um, and I, have you been? I actually haven't been. Okay. So there's this one room where it's almost like um, it has pictures all around it. I believe they were frames maybe. And yeah. then they show a like movie and it's each person no. who was killed yeah. and then someone's talking about them. Yeah. I sat in that room and just wept, wept like a baby. And that's why I think for me, I'm one of, cause I don't know about you, but I'm like a feel, I feel everything. So I have to like gird myself and probably go alone first before I would bring uh, my kids. Cause I'll be like on the yeah. floor, they'll be picking me up. Mm -hmm. So I'm so glad you went though, but yeah. we have a lot of friends when they'll come in town, they go there. Yeah. So I highly well, recommend it. I get myself ready. Uh, but you do need to be prepared yeah. because it is, it's just, it's, it's just tragic. And yeah. it's almost like, um, that I remember the first time I went to the Holocaust museum, Oh my gosh. Um, I was a teenager, I think. Yeah. And it was really overwhelming Poignant, and just overwhelming there. And, and you're, mm -hmm. you're a teenager. And so yeah. and I was very sheltered and, and so taking wait, all this, of that, yes, in, this happened, this happened this in our world real. under our watch. Yeah. yeah. It was hard. Yeah. Yeah. So anyhow, well, New York city, yeah. I'm a fan. <laughs> yeah. Love that. Okay. So you recently released a book last fall. Yeah. Your first book. My first book. I just released mine. I know. And I, so I'm feeling all the feelings that you already went through. Yeah. I'm amazed that you have me here because you like <laughs> you are in the middle of it. So it was a yeah. whirlwind. It is a whirlwind. And it you it feels like almost having a baby or it feels like a wedding day. It feels like there's so many emotions that come with it. Yes. But it's so much fun because you really realize... I did that. Yeah. Like I wrote that and cool. I worked so, yeah. So hard on it. So well done to you. To well, you. thank you. Thank yeah. you. Okay. So you wrote a book called She is Free. And yeah. as I was reading through parts of this book yeah. um, over the weekend, I realized that you and I have such similar stories. Oh my gosh. And such mm -hmm. similar just kind of anthems yeah. and desires for women yeah. that this is like my heartbeat. Oh, my I love heartbeat. That. Okay. So I'm going to start out. I'm going to read okay. some. Okay. Awesome. So this is just your introduction. And I think it sets the stage for why you wrote this book. And yeah. it makes me just so happy. So here it goes. You said, mm -hmm. how often have you heard this phrase? The truth will set you free. All the I time. know. Out of context, All the time. right? Yeah. Many times it is out of scriptural context. This line by itself is used in movies, churches, devotionals, and countless conversations around the world. But the truth alone can't set you free because it depends on what truth you're holding on to. Mm -hmm. Is it mm -hmm. your own truth, the world's truth, your neighbor's truth, Buddha's <laughs> truth, the government's truth, pop culture's truth? What about yeah. the truth of your past and pain or the shocking truth of your present reality that hurts more than mm. anything? All of these truths will fade away. Yet there is one whose truth is eternally mm. unshakable because he is truth incarnate, the word made flesh. This is the truth that we can align our lives with to live in freedom. Yeah. And I read that and I thought, golly, that just sums up so many yeah. things of why we cling to lies, which your book is about yeah. the lies that hold us captive. Yeah. And I was thinking, why do we cling to those? Like it, it, they kind of make us feel a quote unquote good yeah. because we, yeah. we get comfortable in them, Yep. but they become our truth. They become our reality. They become our realities. Yeah. So I want to talk about some of these things, from yeah. you, but this has to be a hard book for you to write because you had to yeah. pour out 
I'm going to tell you some lies yeah. I was clinging to. It was it was a very hard book to write. That was one of the things I think no one told me is that if you're going to write a book and put it out there, like what you're going to have to contend for and what might even come against you as you write it. But more than that, it was like uncovering things that I'm like, oh my gosh, I got healed along the way, even as I wrote it. But the breaking down of things that I realized that I had bought into a lie and it had grown and become my reality over time is sometimes the hardest thing to face because you're like, this has been my comfort. Mm -hmm. This has been my reality. This has been what I've clung to. And then to go, that is a farce. That's not true. And that doesn't bring freedom. But to dismantle that and then hold on and cling to the truth is a journey that I'm still on. I think that's yeah. the thing is like, this is more of a manual, like, Hey, when you're having a, a rough one, pull this off the shelf and, and go back to it. But yeah, it was, it was a hard thing to cling to and write. Yeah. yeah. I remember when people, and I, I see this in your book as well, yeah. is um, a lot of my story that I wrote mm. about, I feel I'm, I'm like, don't live in that shame. I, I can't wait to read I it. I don't I'm, live there, but going back and writing about it, so hard. Well, don't you feel like it's almost, and I kind of write about it. It's like facing the pain to heal the pain. It's one of those things that nobody wants to do that. Like this is why we avoid counselors or Mm -hmm. conversations or because you know, you have to go there. And so then even the editing process, I was like, oh my gosh, do I have to read it again? I know. Right. (laughs) I remember the first time I went to a counselor. Yeah. I dreaded it because I almost knew what was going to happen. Yeah. Like I almost knew like, you're going to make me think about things that I have tried my entire life yeah. not to think about. Totally. And on one hand, we're rational people. So we're like, I know I need to. I'm good. I'm, but yeah, I'm good. I know I need to. We kind of surviving. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's this false sense of security that yeah. we feel good in our mess. Yeah. 100%. And it's kind of like, it's become part of who I am. So, you know, it's good. Yeah. Like, I'm good. I'm kind of crazy. Look like how I'm strong just, I am. Yeah. And look how, you know, I'm a little bit psycho on the uh-huh. side and I hope that nobody really knows. Yeah. But yeah. You kind of like own that though. It's yeah. like, yeah. Oh, and yet there's so much freedom on the other side. There really is. When we cling to that truth. And I think that, that true about I, I think that's the thing too, is like going from a place of heartbreak to feeling like I, this is actually, is this really how it's going to be forever? Is this really what following Jesus and being a Christian is about mm-hmm. that? I read these truths, but I don't live in them. And I think that was one of the most heartbreaking things for me is feeling so in bondage and everyone thought I was fine. And I'm like, how do I how do I actually walk this out? Because I know there's got to be more. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then here's the bridge you also have to cross. Yeah. When you finally realize, okay, I'm not okay, but everyone thinks I'm okay. How do I tell them? Yeah. Do I break down this image that I've created? Well, and sometimes yes. Yeah. And I think in some circles or friendships, I mean, I think one of the hardest things about doing that is your your friend circle may grow a little bit smaller. And that was a hard thing because then you're dealing with rejection. Mm. Then you're dealing with all of these things that you feared the most. You kind of put up walls that you don't have, so you so don't you, have to get them. You reject them first, really, before right. they reject you. Yeah. You're just like protecting yourself. Uh-huh. You're isolating yourself uh-huh. even in, in public settings, you yeah. know? So I think you're right. When you break down those facades, that's where you're like, ooh, I'm about to find out what, who's really with me. And it obviously, you know, the father yeah. is with you, but who's with me? Who yeah. are my friendships? So it's scary. It is it's scary. scary to break those things down. Totally scary. But it's amazing all at the same time and worth it. It's worth know? it on the other side. On the other side. In it, it's not fun, but you it's know, not it's worth fun, it. But it's <laughs> where you grow, Yeah, right? And you that's know? what we want. Yeah. We want to become more like Christ. Right. And that's actually what it looks like. It's messy. <laughs> Newsflash. <laughs> yeah. We hate to break it to you guys, yeah. but it's going to be hard. Yes. And uh, you should do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. totally. Okay. So if you don't 
don't know it, guys, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I've lived here most of my life. I was born here and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas, because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences. And no two travelers are exactly alike, and it means that no two trips should be either. If you're a beach person, well, you can have fun under the sun with Texas's 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies cannot get enough of Texas's world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interest. Guys, come visit my state. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. Oh, it, she is free. Yeah. Learning the truth about the lies that hold you captive. You yeah. go through and you talk about probably six or seven different things yeah. that you've kind of walked yeah. through. I want to touch on a few that I've also had to deal Good. with. And I'd so let's do just do it. Yep. You talk about freedom from unforgiveness <laughs> and um, <laughs> you tell a story, which you can dive into more. Sure. About a conversation that you had one day yeah. with your mom. Yeah. 
What did that look like for you? Well, you know, I had just gotten saved. So it was like rainbows and unicorns, you know, like uh, for real, like I met love, like I walked in, it was when Delirious was singing, you know, I could sing of your love forever. And I walked into a church service and I was like, what is this? You know, the love that I had been looking for. And so I, I, I think I was in that space of like, I can't believe I found this love, this love found me like, or, you know, it was always there and I finally let it in, you know, what, however you yeah. want to look at that. And so when I sat with my mom and then started to ask questions about our upbringing, we were just out to coffee and started to ask questions about our upbringing. And it was almost like the truth was be the truth of our past, the truth of our reality that maybe I had ignored. I'd always felt, but ignored started to come there right in front of my face. And I was devastated. But when I asked my mom some pertinent questions about her past, um, and she was honest with me and she just started sobbing, I started swearing at her. I made a scene in the, in that coffee shop. Cause I was so angry that of how I felt betrayed by my mom and dad. And so, yeah, it, I, it was a devastating moment. And then I just kind of broke ties with my mom, even though I lived in the same house, then I moved to Australia as far away as I possibly could. And I'm um, really, just made her pay mm. for years. Golly, we do that yeah. so many times. I, I I felt justified too. Yeah, because you deserve she deserved I'm the judge. it. Yeah. I'm judge and jury. You're uh-huh. welcome. Uh-huh. Like, how dare you do this yeah. to me while I was growing up? <laughs> but then your mom said this. Mm? You wrote this. Go ahead and say it. It <laughs> says you're in the house with her yeah. a couple of weeks later, and she looks at you and she says, Andy. Mm-hmm. I only hope you can forgive me one day. Like I know Jesus has forgiven me. <laughs> Mom dropping bombs. Was yes. like, I hate you more now. No, I'm yeah, just exactly. Truth bomb <laughs> Go away. right there. Yeah. 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 Because she had already walked through some hard things. I mean, and now I look back, I look at my mom and dad and they're two of my heroes. Uh, you know, I, if anyone can sit and have a coffee with my mom and dad, I would recommend it when you're yeah. in Brooklyn, I'll let you okay. stay with them. No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you're right. That seed was planted. And I'm glad it was because seven years later is when that came to fruition yeah. when forgiveness truly came forth. Yeah. Yeah. Seven years later. Yeah. Do you feel, cause I think a lot of people live with this, like, yeah, you hurt me. Yeah. You're out. You're out. You're out. You're out. Yeah. But did it feel good for seven years or did it feel hard? Uh, it, it felt hard. Yeah. And I think, I think it felt confusing. It felt like everywhere was a landmine. You know what I mm. mean? I, and I, I want to preface this. There are some, some of you that are, are listening that are going to be like, well, there are people that are unsafe that I should not. For sure. Okay. I'm not talking about unsafe relationships. I'm Thank talking you. about relationships where you can have reconciliation, reconciliation and redemption. And forgiveness is always wise, even if you should not even if you should have strong boundaries and not be around them. With my mom, there was meant to be reconciliation there, but it did not feel good. No, I was angry. I was bitter. And then, I mean, the rest of the book, I basically operated in multiple things because when unforgiveness is your shelter, you protect yourself with lots of other things like anger and control. And so um, it was rough for my husband and my then my children that came after. Like I was not a fun person to be around, Mm. you know? (laughs) Mm. Well, you talk about how then you, um, did you, you, you read something by Lisa Bevere, which she's been on the show and I adore her. <laughs> yeah. And so you've had this moment, I, I believe it was John 8 with yeah. the, the adulterous yeah. woman. So, which is, it's one of my favorite oh chapters my to teach to women because mm-hmm. 
It is this such a beautiful example of the way that Jesus reacted to her and her sin and her life. Yeah. And it is the exact opposite of yeah. how we react. Of how most we times. react. Yes. Totally. Yes. Yeah. And that that was huge for me. It's so funny because I was reading Kiss the Girls and Made Them Cry. Like it had nothing to do with forgiveness, if uh-huh. you will. But she broke down the story of John 8. And and I was on our baby moon, pregnant with my first child. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, hey, um, would you want your children to treat you the way you're treating your mom? And I was like, oh, like that was the, so it was like, it's time. And that's when I started sitting with a counselor for, a, for almost two years every week, Wow, you know, into having my first child. But as I read that story on our baby moon with my big belly, I just remember reading it and I fell to the ground, like seeing my mom for the first time forgiven and mm. loved, like Jesus was showing me how much he adored her. Rewind back to her statement. I only hope you can forgive yeah. me as much as mm-hmm. Jesus has. So I'm down on the ground weeping, asking for forgiveness. And the Holy Spirit goes, that's so good. Uh, yes, you're forgiven because you were the Pharisee that threw her at our at Jesus' feet, at my feet. And I'm like, oh, you know, when you should be down on the ground, just repenting. And so I did, I repented. And what was beautiful is she was there just about a month later when I was ready to give birth to Ezekiel, our first boy, Ezekiel Benjamin. And we just sat, I mean, I don't know, were you going to go to that story? Were I you was. Gonna tell us? Go ahead. Because I, I was just like, was feeling you. Well, I was going to say that you, you wrote this after she came to your house. You said, mom, I'm sorry. I'm yeah. so sorry that the last seven years I've hurt you and made you pay mm-hmm. for the sins of your past. I'm sorry that I've held such judgment and disdain for you, making sure that you felt every bit of it. I'm sorry that I made you feel like you're the only one who has sinned in this world. Mm. And I'm sorry that I've been so self-righteous acting as though I'm perfect when I know so deeply that I am not. Yeah. Yeah. And we were sitting there, I think, I mean, even just going back to that moment, it was like God made all things new before we birthed the next generation. Mm. It's like, we're going to close this door and take care of this. And um, we were folding my son's clothes and we just wept and held each other. And, you know, I, I guess I do have to say my mom and dad live in the same apartment building as us. They live upstairs. I love that. Yeah. So, so my kids treat it like it's one house. Uh-huh. The neighbors love us. <laughs> yeah, love I'm you sure. neighbors. <laughs> um, but, you know, we still have plenty of opportunities to work on reconciling our relationship. You know, it's like, it still is being healed even as we go, because things pop up in Mm -hmm. a relationship where I'm like, Ooh, that still hurts. I'm still mad at you. And Mm -hmm. you know, however many years, my son's 12 now. And so 12 years on and God has done so much, but it started with that. It started with just, Hey, we're going to choose to forgive each other and reconcile. Yeah. You know, on like a much lighter level, I have a 14 year old Yeah, and I, as soon as I think like, Oh my gosh, my parents, I wish they wouldn't have been like this. Right. I think, okay, what are my children going to say, say about, about me? me? Yes. yes. And I think that that is, is a really wise thing for us to think. And yeah. I think God is really kind to give us kids <laughs> that we're also like, going to mess up. Hey, you are yeah. so not perfect. I'm like, yes. oh my gosh, I'm I know. <laughs> yeah. The other day, uh, I don't even remember what I was doing. It wasn't even something bad. And my yeah. daughter made a joke because she is just <laughs> really, she's got this comedic timing that yeah. makes me really mad sometimes, but it's really funny. And she just goes, oh, I'm going to need counseling for that one. <gasps> oh and I was gosh. like, you're so right. And I'll pay you for are, it. And I'll pay for it. But yeah. it just makes me think that like, yeah. we're just all broken, sinful people doing the best, doing the best. that we can. Well, I I mean, okay, let's be honest here. Cause I mean, why not? Let's yeah, continue let's to be it. honest. Yes. Is that, you know, even just a couple of weeks ago, I was sitting with a counselor who we were talking through some stuff that I was still working on. And he just said, you know, I really do believe that people are doing the best 
with what they have. And that's almost how you can forgive. But then you have to realize you have unmet needs that you grew up with or whatever that is. We're trying to fill them with multiple things. Mm -hmm. And we just need to go to Jesus to get those needs met so that there is nothing, Jamie, that you can give me that God hasn't already given to me. And there's nothing you can take from me either. That's hard. It's hard. That's a lifetime thing. I think even, but, but so I guess I realized though, I'm grateful to have that real revelation of being a parent. Cause once you become one, you're like, Oh my yeah. gosh. And we're just, yeah. we're broken people raising broken people. Yeah. Yeah. And we're, we're on this journey of wholeness and every single one of us are. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm. Parenting does that. It helps us reflect and look back. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's changed me more than I knew it would. I knew it would, but I had no idea. Totally true. The truth you say about forgiveness is forgiveness releases me from the Mm -hmm. prison I find myself in. I may or may not feel like forgiving, but as I choose Mm -hmm. to engage my free will, true forgiveness from my heart has the power to set me free. Yeah, it does. And I like what you said earlier when you said, even if it's not a safe situation, there is power in forgiving that no matter what. Yeah. And you may have to do it more times than one time. Yeah, totally. And I... um, work with, I get to go into our county jail every week and yeah, and so there's a lot of, um, forgiveness talk in there about forgiving the hurt. Um, because I have hardly met, I could count on one hand in two and a half years, the women that I've met with that have not been abused. Right. Yeah. And here they are, um, yeah. incarcerated, but they have walked through yeah. abuse from family, from oh, strangers, man. from, I mean, it's just, and so that's a hard concept to talk about, but there's so much freedom mm. in it because that unforgiveness. Yeah. Like, had you not forgiven your mom for yeah. things, your mom would still go on living her life. She she would. And that's the point. Yep. Knowing that she was forgiven mm, and yes. we just wouldn't have relationship mm-hmm. or we would have like the shallow relationship where I would make her pay <laughs> and make her feel stupid yeah. or make her feel whatever I felt to feel more, you owe me, you know, superior. We mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, but you're right. She would keep living her life. Yeah. And so it just really gets a hold of us. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. Okay, guys, I know that you're loving this conversation with Andy as much as I am, but I want to take a second real quick and tell you about two sponsors for the happy hour that make this show happen. The first one I want to tell you about is Wink. Okay, so if I gave you the task to go pick out a wine that you love, but it has to be a wine that you haven't had before, where do you start? I want to introduce you to Wink, W-I-N-C. Wink makes it easy to discover great wine by shipping wines that are personalized for you right to your door. It's basically, you guys, the best day of your month, all starting at just $13 a bottle. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to answer a few simple questions in Wink's palette profile quiz. Questions like, how do you take your coffee? And how do you feel about blueberries? Then Wink is going to send you wines that are curated to your specific taste. Also, the more wines that you rate, the more personalized your monthly selections become. Each month, there are new delicious wines like the insanely popular Summer Water Rosé. No membership fees. You can skip any month and cancel at any time. Shipping is covered, and if you don't like a bottle, they're going to replace it with one that you love. Guys, today is a great day to discover great wine. Go to trywink.com slash happy hour, and you're going to get $20 off your first shipment. That's trywink.com slash happy hour. For $20 off, trywink.com slash happy hour. Hey guys, let me ask you this. Are you getting ready to tackle your spring cleaning? I know I am. Last weekend, I cleaned out my bathroom and threw away so much stuff. 
And you know what else I used? I used my Mr. Clean Magic Eraser to take on the impossible stains that sprays and wipes just cannot handle. I used it on my bathtub. I used it on the sink in my bathroom, and it was amazing. All you have to do, you guys, is wet it under the tap. When it's wet, give it a little squeeze, and then it is ready to erase. Basically, my children can do this. And don't worry, I'm going to make them do their own bathrooms. And because it cleans with water alone, you don't have to worry about harsh cleaning fumes or scents. Guys, if you're about to take on your spring cleaning like I am, you should definitely try Mr. Clean Magic Eraser. It makes cleaning your toughest kitchen and bathroom messes fast and easy. Check out MrClean.com slash the happy hour to see more ways the magic eraser can help you knock out impossible messes all around the house. Okay, shame. Oh. Girl, let me tell you. Shame, I I don't know any stats on this. Yep. But I'm gonna guess this is like top three for women. 100 percent You agree? Yeah. It's 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 interesting. It's uh, <laughs> Because I do feel like, I mean, I kind of talk about this, but it feels like just a dark cloak that you mm-hmm. feel like you're supposed to wear. Like, I'm supposed to wear this. And shame creeps in in the craziest of ways. Um, you, you don't even have to have been abused for shame to be a factor. Mm-hmm. It's just like, you shouldn't have thought that way. You made a fool of yourself. Oh, that's shameful. And we walk in it. Yeah, we do. Yeah. <laughs> it is like a cloak. I I read that when you said that. And I said, that is a really good illustration. Yeah. Um, and you almost feel, I remember I felt like this forever. and I And like you said, I am not free of of everything, no. but I am way further than I yeah. was 20 years ago. Yes. Like thank we'll God. say that. Yeah. Thank God. Just ask my husband. Yes. <laughs> no, <right>? yes. <laughs> but mm. I remember feeling yeah. as though it's actually, I have to wear this for the rest of my life yeah. to show God how sorry I am. Uh, yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Because if I feel like this doesn't bother me or I'm free of this, yeah. does God think I think like it wasn't that big of a deal? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I shouldn't have done that or we shouldn't have been in that scenario or, or, or yeah. So yeah. it's almost like our penance. We yes. wear shame as our penance uh-huh. when that is nowhere. It's so anti-gospel it's as well. It's so anti-gospel. Yeah. yeah. God's like, Hey, hello. I sent Jesus. Literally take that off of you. Or the, yeah, for that, for that, <laughs> yeah. for sure. Um, you said shame gradually destroys your connection to God mm. and in turn your connection to others. Shame is one of the biggest hindrances to true and lasting mm. intimacy, intimacy between you and God and intimacy with others. Yeah. We were created to be in connection and in loving community. It has never been good for us to be alone. Yeah. And shame makes us do that. Yeah. Because we feel as though if they knew the real me. Oh, 100%. If you knew the whole story, I'm afraid you'll reject me. I'm. It's Isn't it so interesting? Everything is about disconnection because you go even back to the garden. The enemy came to bring disconnection to the very thing that he was jealous of because he was thrown out. He had no connection anymore. And so yeah. it's like, well, if you're going to be created in the image of God, which I wanted to be, mm-hmm. I'm going to cut that off. Yeah. And so everything seeks to isolate us from community, from loving relationship, from from true intimacy. And and it works for a while until you're like, I am dying yeah. and yeah. I can't live like this yeah. anymore. Yeah. How did shame affect, I want to ask you two questions. Sure. How did it affect your marriage and how did it affect your ministry? <laughs> yeah. Okay. You start wherever great. you want. <laughs> great. I think, well, with marriage, I think, you know, in the book, I do talk about the sexual abuse when I was younger. And so, you know, that creeps in. And then also just growing up in a controlling environment and an unsafe environment. So there was a lot of shame shrouding that. And so when I came into marriage and had a man who very purely loved me and 
I did not know how to have true intimacy and connection with him. So even for me with the pornography, all of these things were in my past, in my sexual past before I gave my life to Jesus. And so it all mixed in. And he just, it was like we would repel each other. We didn't know how to connect. And we tried and we would do anything to 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 work this out. But really, I can say now almost, I think we're, I've been married almost the same amount of time. Mm-hmm. It'll be 17 years. That's or, us too. Yeah, 16, 17 years. We're okay, the worst yeah. with numbers. We're in there somewhere. Like, ah. I know. Um, that we are in a beautiful space, but we've had to work hard for that. But that's that was both of us getting whole in our own right and rejecting shame and being loved and understanding what true intimacy was. But that's been a wrestle. And I know that is for a lot of marriages and no one were ashamed that we have shame in our marriages right. because in the church, it should be good. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so that's been massive. And I am so grateful to God and for a husband that we've just been patient with each other yeah. and worked that out uh-huh. in marriage. Um, but that really did repel us and keep us from knowing how to really connect. Um, but then in ministry, I mean, we moved and planted a church and I was still on this massive journey of healing. And I, I got to a point where we were about a year in and I told my husband, I said, I'm, I can't do this anymore. I don't want, cause we lead together. So we mm-hmm. both preach, we both mm-hmm. teach. We both have very different giftings, but we, we lead together. And I was like, I know this is like a team thing, but I'm gonna let you do this. I'm done because I, I, I have issues with women still, even though I, my relationship with my mom, you know, was being healed. I still was scared of women, yeah. of connection with women. I, I didn't really want to be around people because I was afraid that they would see the real me. Mm-hmm. I'm a very vulnerable and honest teacher. Once I've walked through something, I will talk about it. But then I, then people think they're best friends with you because they can. And I'm like, oh God, no, we can't be best friends. I can't have any <laughs> friends. So I just really it brought a lot of isolation. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. It's not funny at all. That's the wrong way to say it. <laughs> I know you mean crazy now. how yeah. Yeah. this one like shame that Satan can use that to literally separate and isolate us from in most cases, the person that loves us the most, our yeah. spouse. Yeah. And then in ministry, because we feel as though I can't be used here yeah. and I'm not worthy of this. Yeah. And this like one thing that we have to fight so much, it can just overflow into so many areas of yeah. our life, even parenting. Oh my gosh. I yeah. mean, yeah, I would think about just like, can I even, can I even, how can, how did you give me these kids? Because oh, I screw up all I the time. Like these kids are amazing. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I just feel like I, I mess up and yeah. am I going to screw them up? And you know, it's just, we just feel shame, <laughs> shame comes in there. Yes. You're so right. It is in there. So, yeah. so much. Um, you said, well, I wrote this. I, yeah. I started this too, because yeah. um, this is so, so many women's story because of my past. This is you saying, I had no idea how to have beautiful, powerful, and pure sex in the covenant no. of marriage. I didn't even know it was possible. Yeah. I talked to many people who think that saving sex for marriage is an outdated concept. Yeah. Sex as it was designed is not needs driven. It is a gift to be enjoyed in intimacy, yeah. connection, and covenant till death do us part. Um, hmm. And I see that a lot yeah. in um, women who have, you and I have this in common, yeah. is it have a sexual past. Yeah. And then, so my husband, Aaron and I, we did not have sex until we got married. Same. And yeah. so, and then we got- <laughs> And then you do and you're like, uh. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't, I can say I didn't struggle with that as much, but I hear that all the time of women going, well, is it okay? Like, can I be free in this? Can I enjoy this? Isn't it interesting? Because I used to enjoy it a lot, but now I'm married and I don't know how to enjoy it. Do you know what was interesting is I had to go on this crazy journey, which may sound, it's once again, it sounds foreign, but if sex is created by God, then what is the purpose of it? And I, when I broke it down to a cellular level and realized that Christ and the church, this is going to sound crazy, but coming together 
is actually prophetic of Christ coming back for his church. And if we're created in the image of God, uh, man and woman, and we come together, it glorifies God. And this sounds so crazy because people are like, ew, God and sex. I'm like, you guys, God has zero problems with sex. He thinks it's really amazing. Amazing. Like he created Uh it. He wants us to have like to really enjoy it. So I know that sounds funny for some people. It may need to be like in a different way that you get revelation. But for me, I needed the spiritual revelation Mm -hmm. because I had just, you know, it was meeting needs in, um, in a way that wasn't healthy. Whereas this was, I wanted this to be pure and fun Mm -hmm. and connecting. And so when I got that revelation that down to a cellular level, that God is is in it. It was his idea and that it glorifies him. And honestly, it's warfare against Satan. I was like, well, let's go to war let's then. Let's go do it. And you're <laughs> like, let's go to war, let's baby. Let's go prophesy. <laughs> yeah. Let's do this. So, yeah. Mine was different for me because yeah. coming from a past like that, I felt very loved yeah. from um, sex. And so yeah. then you get married and of course the beginning's great, but then you're married for 12, 15 years. Well, you've that's got the four fear kids. Like, wait, we're having sex, you and me, for the rest of our lives. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. But then when yeah. you've got four kids and life is crazy <laughs> and then you're not having it as much as no. you did year one, right. then I would think, oh, you don't love me anymore. Oh my gosh. And so something I, wrong with us. Something's wow. wrong with us. Oh my gosh. So I had to journey through that five or six years yeah. ago and really come to terms with that it so... is beautiful and God created it. It is it is not the only way I know my husband loves oh me. Oh my gosh. Well, because then you realize we're going to be real old one day. And I just want to love waking up next to you because yes. when it don't work, we're still going to love we're each other. We're still going to love each other. Yes. Yeah. yes. Oh, because mm-hmm. I just feel like so many, so many people would struggle with that. And I've talked to women about that, that have walked through that, yeah. which is feeling, oh, I don't know how to do this now. Yeah. That's real. I'm glad we talked about that. And your perspective is amazing too. Like I felt loved. Yeah. Thank you for yeah, sharing that. It was yeah. just what I had to walk through, you yeah. know. That's really good. And that kind of th- stuff like that. Um, Okay. I love the truth that you said about shame. You said, I have nothing to prove and nothing mm. to hide, uh, which, you know, what's funny is when I get up to teach, yeah. a girlfriend told me this a long time ago, and I usually tell myself, you have nothing to prove and nothing to lose. Oh. And so it just gets me through because I'm like, I have nothing to prove and nothing to lose. But you said about shame, yeah. I have nothing to prove and nothing to hide. God yeah. takes me as I am. His love reminds me that my true identity is in him. I will no longer walk in the shame of my past, but in the truth and love that set me free. Yeah. Oh. <sighs> That's a hard place to get to, but I think that that's been one of the most freeing things. It's like, I don't need, like, I love you, Jamie, but I don't need you to even affirm me to know that I'm loved and I have nothing to prove and nothing to hide. And to be in that space has been one of the most freeing things. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. I agree with, I agree with you (laughs) on all of that. And I have to sometimes remind myself of those things all over again, all (laughs) over again. You know, I had a moment the other day. Yeah. My son is 14. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And he, I have no idea why this came to my mind with shame, except for like approval. And he was telling, we were talking about something and I found out that he likes a girl. Yeah. Which just happened before. Yeah. Fine. It's great. But he had, he had told Aaron and he hadn't told me. Oh, yeah. And Andy, can I tell you that I felt so like less than as a parent? Well, I probably would too because if I was my like, son didn't tell me. <laughs> I think yeah. I was super emotional. Yeah. I I got up from the couch and I started crying. I didn't want him to see me crying yeah. because my husband always tells me, 
this is this is going to happen that he's yeah. he's going to come it's gonna shift teenage boys it'll shift yeah so before boys are and like they don't mama, come mama, back mama, and then they come back <laughs> yeah. and so i'm seeing the shift right before my eyes and it is because yeah. i'm like oh you don't trust me as a mom you don't love me you don't approve of what me. do i need to do yes, what do i need what to do? I do i love yeah. you i love you i love you um <laughs> i'm really trustworthy do you want me to bake you something make <laughs> anything, something, buy you something, something whatever yeah. you want yeah um but it was a moment and it's dumb because it was a moment of parenting where i was like okay him not telling me doesn't mean that he doesn't approve of me. Yeah. And I don't need my approval of my 14 year old, but yeah. you know what I mean? Oh my gosh. Yes. I 100% know. Yes. <laughs> I oh. just want to be everything, but he'll come back. Yeah. He hasn't left. I know and my what husband you mean, assures though. me of that. He's like, but it's almost like the the chopping and changing, the shifting of that who they connect to and who they yes. need in different seasons, and, he and letting is it so be connected to his daddy. And Aaron always says, "This and you're is like, and really I want good. That. We I want that." that. <laughs> yeah. He's like, he told me, and I was like, yeah. "I love it. I love it. I love it." Like, That's great. That's great. I know. That's I know. Great. I had to remind myself that yeah. this is okay. This is yeah. normal. <laughs> uh, okay, so you talk about other things too, which we don't have time to go into all of them. Yeah. But the one that maybe we should have talked about because it's what I probably see a counselor about the most is control. Oh, mm, I, I think I even texted a girlfriend today about something and said, well, this is just showing my control idol. Yeah. Control. Control. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's been one of the biggest things I've had to break. Cause if you look at, if you go down to the root system of control, control is rooted in fear. And right. you're like, what am I afraid of? Like, it could be something stupid. And that's where you're, but. Well, that the, the example I just gave you, right? that's control as well. I want to control. I'm a fe- I want to control what's happening. I want to control the outcome. Uh-huh. I want to control. So then once again, as you always go back to, I find when you're walking through a healing journey is like, when is the first time I felt like this? If you can remember, if the Holy Spirit will reveal that to you and you'll be like, whoa. Do you remember? For me, what's interesting is it was when I went back to all the way back to being abused. And I remember I've, un- fortunately and unfortunately, I have a very vivid memory. Yeah. I remember everything, conversations, smells, moments, you know, that sort mm-hmm. of thing. And I remember being in that place and that lie was whispered to me, you can't trust anybody. God wasn't here for you. Like, I mean, I didn't even have a relationship with God. How does that lie sink in? And I'm like, oh, that's right. So I'm going to take care of myself. My mom even remembers when I was three and four years old, I was always such a happy child. And all of a sudden I became a very angry and controlling child. Was it from from that? And we didn't know until I was... um, in middle school and I was walking through, you know, you're walking through puberty and transition Mm -hmm. and, you know, middle school stuff. And it all came up. And so when that all came up, it made so much sense of why I, I was like this joyful little, little toddler. And then I became an angry, violent little girl, not all the time. So I'd be funny, fun, and then angry and violent and controlling. I mean, my room had to be in perfect order. Everything had to be in perfect order. So then that transfers into adulthood. You get married, your husband's in Like, I need to control this situation. Um, I moved to Australia. I stayed there. I thought I was going to move back to America. I can't control this situation. This is freaking me out. I have children. They have needs. I, I have needs. I have to control this. I have to keep a clean house. Don't play with your toys. Don't play with your toy room. Like, this is my toy room, not yours. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, those pillars are in order. Don't sit on the couch. Like, why are you in my house? Take off your shoes. I oh just vacuum. Yes. Do you know that? Mm-hmm. You're feeling me? Yeah. You- yeah. But then I was like, when I made it, when it was my youngest son, when I made him cry, he had dumped out the Legos and the sound made my yeah, skin cringe. crawl. Uh-huh. And I screamed at him 
And uh, my daughter was just like so young and, and all of that. And my husband actually sent me to my room. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, he's go like, to your room. <laughs> I went upstairs and sobbed and cried. And I was like, why can I not? What What's going on? And it was almost like God was just going, you just need to let me love you. Let me love you. Let me love you. I'm here. And that it didn't change that. I didn't stop cleaning the toy room or mopping the floor every day or, but I've started to unravel. It was when I had my fourth child. I had, I, I couldn't control life yeah. anymore. And really I went, what kind of mother do I want to be now? Do I have my moments? 100%. Do I repent a lot quicker? Do I have, I just have found, you just got to sit with your kids and your you just got to say, I'm sorry, a whole lot more mm. and, and really mean it and work on changing. <laughs> So for, I think this is, um, I don't know. I feel like control is more of a woman thing. And I mean, I don't, it, it I don't is. see my husband struggle with this. No, no. Especially around the house. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just great. Yeah. Everything's fine. No. So, but I think, I like what you said too. Like, do does it still happen? And yes, you have to mm-hmm. fight it and you're just totally on it. I think that we could sum up a lot of these things in your book yeah. of like shame and isolation and control and anger and forgiveness is like, are we still going to struggle? Yes. 100% because yeah. we need Jesus and we're broken. Yeah. But it's how do we react now yeah. versus then? The choices that we have, it's kind of like, okay, I've just gotten really good at, okay, dismantling the lie or dismantling the, okay, why am I controlling? Why am I screaming at my kids? Why am I doing this? Like what's going on? Okay. Kids, I need a timeout. Just mm-hmm. give mom five minutes. I'm going to lock the door. Please don't knock on it. Cause I might scream again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So I go in there and then I just sit there and I'm like, what is going on? Like, mm. why am I fearful? Why am I angry? Why am I controlling? Because it's a secondary emotion yeah. usually. And when I can get to the bottom of it, usually I can break agreement with a lie I believed or a fear that I'm holding on to and go, okay, what's the truth? And God just, I know it sounds so crazy, but you just sit there in his love for a minute and go, thank you for loving me in my mess. I'm going to get back out there. I'm going to love my kids well. And I'm going to cuddle them and hold them and it's all going to be good. Yeah. You know? So, cause we're teaching them then when they're older and they mess up and, you know, often even when my kids are like, Hey, or they try to help me or like, mom, I'm so sorry. I'm like, no, this is actually not your fault. Mm. This is mine. Mm. So don't you own you that can for own me. It. You can own you, yours. Yeah. yeah. Kids, don't you own that? I'm owning this mm-hmm. right now and you don't need to clean up my mess. I'm not teaching my kids to clean yeah. up my mess. That's not their job. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's messy and I'll clean up my own mess. Cause I want my kids to clean up their own messes when they're older. Mm-hmm. I want them to take responsibility yeah. for their life. And yeah. so, um, I guess it's, you it's know, just replacing going. those lies with truth. That, yeah. I know it sounds crazy but it actually is a constant thing we have to do. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds like when we say it out loud, we're like, just replace lies with truth. It can sound oh, so like sounds... elementary and you're churchy like, you know, and give Christian-y. me another answer. <laughs> <laughs> right. But you're like, actually, that is really, really what it is. I was at, um, I have a Bible study every Wednesday with some girls out here and it's just been the most um, precious thing for yeah. me in the past yeah. year. Um, and one of them, we were talking about, one of them walked through something pretty tragic a couple of years ago. Yeah. She was talking about all the lies that she felt about mm. herself and exactly some of the things you're saying where it, the door things opens from childhood came back <laughs> and she was like, I'm my mother, I'm this, all these yeah. things start yeah. lie, lie, lie. Yeah. And she went back to her room and she came back and she had this like tattered and worn stack of index cards. Oh. And she, on one side wow. it said, this is what I'm believing right now. And it is not true. And on the other side, it said, this is what is true Whoa, about God. I'm going to go do that. Yes. And she, she actually handed them to another girlfriend and she said, you can borrow them. I want them back, but you can borrow them because wow. she was confessing and saying how she was. Yeah. And I was like, Kali, this is, it was such a beautiful moment. Cause a, she was very vulnerable, but yeah. she brought to the table 
Here's what I had to do. Here's how I dismantle the lies. Exactly. Yep. And that's the whole point is once again, you got to put on a new pair of glasses. It's yeah. kind of like you, you view the world through, we all view the world differently and through our circumstances, experiences, experiences yeah. uh-huh. right? So the scratched lenses or whatever that is, you got to clean your lenses, get new lenses, view the world in a different way. And on, honestly, that's just how you continue to do that. That's good. It's just like your glasses get smudged. So you got to clean them every yeah. once in a while. Yeah. It's yeah. just life. It is life. It is life. Um, okay. So Annie, she is free. I, I cannot highly recommend it enough. Um, learning the truth about the lies that hold you captive. So this came out in the fall. Yeah. Are you writing again? I am. I can am. you tell us? Yeah, I can tell you. Okay. So I just finished um, my second manuscript and I had to cut 4,000 words, which was harder than writing the book. I was like cutting out that's and ands, like oh word by gosh. word, picking words out. And then out. you find out that was only like 170 words. <laughs> I well, that's like devastating. <laughs> yeah. I start crying. I'm like, oh. So um, just turn that in and it's going to come out in the fall as well. And it's called Fake or Follower. And it's uh, the subtitles, Refusing to Settle for a Shallow Faith. Now, I love pastoring in New York because I, I mean, our church is about 75 to 80% millennial. And so it's this amazing community of people that are just desperate for what does it look like to really follow Jesus? Not, you know, not just going to church. Like if I get a hundred percent of the Godhead, what should my life look like? And so it's just a very confronting book. Like, are we faking it? Or are we following Jesus? And it's honestly because I was confronted with that over the last couple of years. Hey, um, you know, you're not allowed to uh, write or speak if you're not going to live it. You're not allowed. I'm like, okay. okay. So it, we hit some very, very big topics um, and things that are going on in the world today as well and how we follow Jesus through I that. I love it. Yeah. Well, congratulations on turning that in. <laughs> Thank you. I know. You know. <laughs> yes. You know. I'm like, I had another baby. And baby's back to back. Yes. Yeah. It was so hard. Yeah. Uh, I'm just curious from a writer standpoint point. Yeah. Do you write at home or do you go away? I do a little bit of both. Okay. So, um, it depends on kind of like deadlines and stuff like that. So I know it sounds funny, but rolling out of bed and, and getting my kids off to school and staying in my pajamas with a cup of coffee in my in bed, bed is actually my safest place. Oh. Or, um, I have to just go to a hotel room where I know I'll be alone and I can order every meal up to my room. Mm-hmm. I actually can't, I get very distracted easily. Yeah. So I've got to be in a really safe, peaceful place where I can just kind of get downloads and write. Yeah. So what about you? I'm I curious. went away most, it was hard um, for me to separate home to work. To clean. Yes. <laughs> and I don't know if you felt like this too, yeah. because writing is not your first job. No. It was hard for me to, how do I do what I have to do every day and uh, then write a book? And I know people do it all around the world. It was hard for me. It, so it I was went away. Hard. Well, and that's why I would go away for chunks. Cause I was like, okay, I'm not going to hit deadlines. I, I would chip away. Yeah. And then I knew what, what was really hard for me too. We have such an amazing team, but I was very much away from, from the office and from our team. And I, it was like, I I've missed them, yeah. you know? Um, but I had to choose to be more around my kids at that uh-huh. time. Cause I was like, if I'm going to be making sacrifices here, I'm going to be mornings and afternoons at home with my kids yeah. and then writing. Yeah. So yeah. <sighs> It's a, it's a work. It's a work. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. 
this episode of Plant Killers, we'll explore one nation's most notorious fruit and vegetable killer, bad dirt. What makes bad dirt so bad? The answer, the ingredients. But fear not, true crime enthusiasts. This story has a happy ending. New miracle Grow organic raised bed in garden soil. It's made with quality organic ingredients from upcycled green waste like compost and aged bark. Unlike the other guys who can't say the same. Looks like bad dirt's murdering days are over. Thanks to miracle Grow. Join us next time on Plant Killers. Okay, so I love asking my people <laughs> yeah. three things they're loving and what they're reading. So three things I'm loving. Well, I'm laughing because we're in Texas right now, which is very exciting for me and my daughter who I brought with me. But our whole family, I know we're a little bit behind the eight ball. We've started watching Fixer Upper together. Okay, yes. Okay, so we are loving Fixer Upper, which cracks me up because we live, like I said, in a small apartment. So basically we all have to repent of envy at the very end because these prices, I'm like, Guys, I pretty much think we could buy that house tomorrow. Like, do you know what I mean? And look at this huge kitchen. I mean, some of their like dining tables are as big like, as my living room. So huge I'm just, kitchen. you know, I'm like, congratulations, guys. So we're we're a loving fixer upper. The other thing uh, that I'm really loving at the moment, I don't know. Are you reading the Passion Translation at all? Um, is it? It's a it's a, a translation of the Bible, which is the New Testament and Psalms and Proverbs. And I have just started reading the Passion Translation, but I haven't been this excited to read the Word of God in a really long time. So I'm just being honest. Sometimes, you know, how you're like, I, I love reading the Bible every day and sometimes I'm too tired. So mm -hmm. can we be real yeah, here? we're real. Um, but the Passion Translation has gotten me so excited about the Word. When I was reading the letters that Paul wrote, I was mm. sobbing, like understanding what God has done for us. So I, the Passion Translation is just- Love it. Yeah. Has Love it. Okay. I am also obsessed right now with full fat cream on and in everything. I don't know why. why? I don't know. I'm just like, I got into this thing where I usually I have black better. coffee, yeah, uh -huh. but I, I started buying like this organic full cream and now I'm, it's really bad. Like I, I just do, can't stop, but it I, is better for you. I have heard that actually. <laughs> Only if you're totally paleo and keto, but I'm not because I, I also just had a biscuit this morning while I was here. So have you ever made count. the bulletproof coffee? Yes. Okay. It's, I have it, but I, I mean, have some friends that love it's it. It's really good. And I'm turning 40 this year. <gasps> Me too. You are. This, In May. Uh, okay. We're like sisters. Oh my gosh, we really are. When are you turning 40? September. Okay. Yeah. How do you feel? Because I'll let you know, first of all, I feel 100%. I'm good. I love it. I'm ready. I, I am 100% good and ready to turn 40. I had a moment the other day where I was trying on clothes at Urban Outfitters oh. and um, it was Stevie Nicks, you know, the song, I'm Afraid of Changing because uh -huh. I built my life around you. And she said, like, children and get older and I'm getting older too. And I started crying while I saw my reflection in the mirror while I was getting dressed. I was like, this is hilarious. <laughs> what is wrong with me? So it's funny. I am good with it. And I actually want to be a person who embraces age and like laugh lines and wrinkles. Cause my son asked me the other day, my youngest, he goes, what are those lines there? And Aww. I was like, well, you get those from laughing a lot through life. Yeah. And he's like, oh, when will I get those? Get and so I was like, you know what? I'm going to change the paradigm and I'm going to be okay with getting older. And, you know, so yeah. I'm, I'm ready. But, I'm ready too. Yeah. And so, and as for reading, I think when I'm writing, I find it really hard to, to read other content because I don't necessarily want to be swayed, but I did start reading A.W. Tozer, The Pursuit of God. I just went back to some classics of what does this look like? And I feel like he's writing it to our generation. You can't go wrong with so, that. So, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. One thing before we go, I forgot. I wanted to ask you about your conference. Oh, yes. Please tell us. Oh my 
gosh. So, okay, because the book is called She is Free. I mean, that's a whole journey. But my husband basically spoke to me and said, hey, I feel like you're withholding, you know, what God's done in you. And I got the words, she is free, looked it up, Googled it. And it was actually a porn and sex toys website and made me so angry. So I, I was like, that. all right, well, I'm going to buy that. I'm about to re-market. <laughs> I'm going to buy is that. Free. <laughs> yeah. And so we actually ended up getting the domain and um, launching a gathering um, for women who are just about being set free and bringing fe- freedom in their spheres of influence. And that can look like anything. So we really, we attach ourselves to causes and, you know, anti-human trafficking. I've got beautiful friends that are working with the FBI and the CIA and doing things. So we just are partnering in any way that we can to equip women to not just be made whole and set free in themselves, but to release that wherever they are. And so we gather in October and this year uh, we're actually in a venue that will sell out this year. So it's we're trying to figure City? out what to do. It's in New York City. So and yeah. October has to be a beautiful time to come uh, to New York City. It's the best. Yeah. So we'll be on the Upper West Side at a beautiful venue called Symphony Space. And it's on she is, at sheisfree.com. So if you want to come join okay. us. I will put all the links up there for everyone to find it. Andy, this has been so much fun. I love you. This is so great. Who knew? I know. This is the best. So thank you for having me. Congrats Mm -hmm. on your second book. Thank you. Have fun in Peru. I will. (laughs) All the things. Uh, Thanks for coming on the happy hour. Thanks. Guys, don't forget, spring is upon us. And that means spring cleaning is here as well. This year, I tried Mr. Clean Magic Eraser, and it worked like magic. It cleaned through tough stuff that my sprays and my wipes just couldn't do, like burnt-on stains on my stovetop and that stubborn ring around the bathtub. It was so easy to use, you guys. You just wet it, squeeze it, and it is ready to erase. See what cleaning wonders it can do for your home by visiting mrclean.com slash thehappyhour. Okay, was I right or was I right? Andy is just a joy to sit down and chat with. We had such a great time. I cannot wait to visit her in New York City. I told you that you're going to love it, and I know that you did. I would love to hear what you loved. Find me on Instagram and tell me what you loved, or come on over to our Facebook group. We have a Happy Hour Facebook group, and we chat about the shows there. Look up jamieivy.com slash happyhourfacebook. Guys, today's show was edited by Chris with Podshaper, and the music was developed for the show by Matt Graham. Next week, my guest is Marshawn Evans. We chatted together in a hotel room a couple weeks ago, and you're going to love her. Guys, enjoy your week. Share the show with a girlfriend and have a happy hour with a friend. Oh, and I must say, today's my dad's birthday. Happy birthday, dad. On this episode of Plant Killers, we'll explore one nation's most notorious fruit and vegetable killer, bad dirt. What makes bad dirt so bad? The answer, the ingredients. But fear not, true crime enthusiasts. This story has a happy ending. New miracle Grow organic raised bed in garden soil. It's made with quality organic ingredients from upcycled green waste like compost and aged bark. Unlike the other guys who can't say the same. Looks like bad dirt's murdering days are over. Thanks to miracle Grow. Join us next time on Plant Killers.